University of Kibeho in Rwanda. If I am coming here, it does not mean that my message is only for Rwanda, nor just Africa, but for the entire world. So when I heard this quote, this is why I was like, oh, I should look into the messages of the Marian apparitions because she's not just talking to the visionaries, she's talking to all of us. So we should know what the messages are, right? So uh, there's also this quote I want to say from St. Louis de Montfort from his book, True Devotion to Mary. We never give more honor to Jesus than when we honor his mother Mary. And we honor her simply and solely to honor him all the more perfectly. We go to her only as a way leading to the goal we seek, Jesus, her son. So what is a Marian apparition? Well, to put it in short, it's when Mary miraculously comes down from heaven to speak to us on earth, right? And so there's four common components. You have the visionary. These are the people or person who Mary is specifically appearing and speaking to, okay? Uh, then you have the experience. So this is, you know, what? how are the people seeing her? Are they like seeing her like we see each other? Or sometimes they might, you know, kind of like see her descend from the sky and or they might hear her and not see her. So there's this, you know, all the visionaries talk about this very specific experience that they have. And then you have the message, which is what we're gonna be talking about today. But uh, what when she talks to visionaries, she gives, often gives them very specific tasks. She'll give them instructions on how to help people uh, with their prayer lives, help their community. She also will uh, give prophecies and stuff, so the messages are cool. That's why we're talking about this. And then uh, the miracles. Uh, so when Mary comes, there's signs and healings, these miraculous events. Um, and, uh, you know, they range from all kinds of things like statues doing weird things to people being healed to the sun dancing in the sky. Okay. So I just want to make this clear point at the bottom here. The Marian apparitions are considered private revelation. So that means that the church does not require us to believe them to be uh, in communion with the church. So uh, this is the public revelation is sacred scripture, sacred tradition. Private revelation is is just approved by the church to help us, inspire us to get us, you know, on board with our faith or grow in our faith, but they're not required, right? So if at the end of this talk you go, all right, all right, that's crazy and I, I will not believe it, that's okay. You're, you can do that. <laughs> um, so, some examples of Marian apparitions. I picked three of some of the more famous ones, but I wanted to talk through them to give you an idea of, you know, what, what they are. But we have Our Lady of Guadalupe in Mexico. Um, she appeared to St. Juan Diego, and she said, Hey, I want a church built right here at this site. Um, I'm going to convert a lot of people right here, and I want you to build a, go to the bishop, and we're going to build a church here. And then... Uh, he went to the bishop, and the bishop was like, okay, you saw Mary, wow, haha, <laughs> I'm not going to build a church over there just because you think you saw Mary. And so he goes back, and Mary says, don't worry, I'm going to help you. I am going to make these roses grow that are out of season, and then you're going to put them in your tilma or your cloak, and bring them to the bishop, and he'll show him these roses, and he'll be like, oh my gosh, these flowers are out of season, it must be Mary. And when he shows them to the bishop, the bishop is not amazed by the flowers. He's amazed by the beautiful and detailed image of Our Lady on the tilma. And uh, if you want to see this image, um, actually in the cathedral on the left side with Mary, 
there is an image of Our Lady of Guadalupe from, it's the same image that was imprinted on the Toma in this miraculous event. Uh, the second one is Our Lady of Lourdes. So she appeared to St. Bernadette and uh, she spoke to St. Bernadette about this spring that was underneath this grotto. So they're in this cave grotto thing and she's like, hey, dig up this uh, gravel here and there will be a spring underneath. And she did and there was and then she, Mary instructed St. Bernadette to bring people there to be healed. And to this day, people still have miraculous healings in this grotto. And then, Our Lady of Fatima, which is probably the most famous apparition, uh, where in Fatima, Portugal, Mary appeared to three children, and they were like, hey, Mary, we need you to give us a sign because you know we want people to believe that you're appearing to us. So Mary said, okay, on this specific day, go and I'm gonna appear here and give you a sign and everyone's gonna believe. So they go. And it's pouring down rain, it's miserable, everyone's wet. You can imagine, like, everyone's like, wow, you told us to meet here, this sucks, you know? And, uh, and then all of a sudden, rain stops, the clouds part, and some people report seeing Mary up in the sky holding baby Jesus and baby Jesus blessing the tens of thousands of people. But everyone reported seeing the sun. And the sun started to change colors in the sky and twist around while changing colors all the time and like spiraling in the sky. And then after the whole miraculous event, it's dry everywhere, everyone's clothes are dry. People have been miraculously healed in this crowd of tens of thousands of people, so. Uh, yeah, so that's just an example. So if you haven't heard of Marian apparitions, it gives you kind of an idea of how crazy it can be. All right, so are we covering all of them? Uh, every apparition, no. There are some apparitions that are to saints that are more private and don't necessarily have like a supernatural quality and they, they're hard to like prove. So there's someone, when I was doing this research, gave me a book on like every recorded ever married apparition and it was like hundreds of them. And I said, okay, I can't do this. We are doing the 26 bishop approved married apparitions. So, and of the 26, 16 are Vatican approved. If you've heard of a Marian apparition, it's probably one of the Vatican approved ones, like the three I just talked about are in there. Um, and so the way that a Marian apparition becomes bishop approved is through three different uh, steps. So you have one, they verify that it does not contradict the teachings of the church, okay? Is it in line with moral values, church teaching, and the faith, right? So basically they look at, is there anything weird going on here? Is there any personal gain that could be going on? They're just verifying that there's nothing that is contrary to the faith. After they do that, they say, okay, we're gonna allow a public devotion to uh, this apparition. So they allow people maybe to build like a shrine to it, um, and then to go visit, have like pilgrimages, have prayers dedicated specifically to it, and then, after that, they say, all right, now we're getting really down and dirty, and we are going to check all of the details and all of the evidence, and we're going to verify the level of authenticity of it and the supernatural character. The, the church always defaults to, no, there's probably a natural explanation for this. So you want to know if there is a natural explanation, and if not, then they say, okay, this is me, right? Um, and I just... Quick note about the bishop versus Vatican approved. When I first started doing this research, I was like, so I'm not even gonna read the bishop approved, I'm just gonna look at the Vatican. 
And then I saw this article that was like, they're actually so similar, like they both are should be revered to the same level. It's kind of like uh, like saints, if you know like blessed versus saints, if you guys know like the requirement to be blessed is lead a heroically holy life and have a miracle attributed to you. And then the rule for being a saint is have two miracles attributed to you. So you could say, hey, blessed and saint, bishop and Vatican, we should listen to them both. Right? All right, so the messages. Um, again, I what I did, and let me just show you what I did. Uh, so I took a spreadsheet. I'm an engineer, so I like spreadsheets. Um, <laughs> Uh, and I took the 26 apparitions, and I basically, over on the other side, you see the colors, right? I color-coded the different types of messages. So I'm looking at what is Mary saying and putting them into categories to help us understand what are the main messages that she most commonly uh, says to us, right? So uh, I'm, I'm going to show you the messages, but I didn't put them in any particular order, just what I thought would be easy to present. Okay, so the first message, Mary clearly titles herself, okay? She calls herself the Queen of Heaven, Mother of the True God, right? So in this message, Mary, she wants, she doesn't want to confuse us when she appears to us. She is very clear about who she is when she appears. Um, but also, a step further is she helps reveal a little bit more about who she is to us, right? So... She says, hey, I'm married. Hey, don't panic, I'm married, right? Um, but also, she says, like, I'm the virgin of the poor, right? So that tells us something about Mary. Like, she has a special devotion to the poor, right? Also, I like this middle one from Our Lady of Lords. I am the blessed Virgin Mary of the Immaculate Conception. Now, this happened four years after the Pope infallibly declared the, doc uh, the dogma of the Immaculate Conception. And so it's like this kind of, I always view that as a way of like, uh, oh, Mary's, Mary's basically saying, yes, I am the Immaculate Conception. That was right. That was right. He, like, she's agreeing, like, yes, that, that is true, you know. All right, second message, build a chapel or church. So when I first saw this, it's like, okay, yeah, cool, like, build a building here. Wow, okay. You know, Mary wants us to, like, build us a house where she appeared. Okay. But uh, then I thought about it more, like, with Our Lady of Guadalupe, um, she specifically says, hey, when I appear here, I'm going to use this site to convert a lot of people. Um, in fact, to this day, a lot of people say the reason why Mexico is such a, a devout Catholic nation is because of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And, uh, and she, so she says, hey, I'm going to use this site to convert a lot of people, and I want you to build a church here. So I, was, I, I thought about it a lot because I was like, okay, this, what do I say about this? But what Our Lady of Guadalupe is saying is that, yes, I want, you, I want people to go out into the woods and have a spiritual experience and, like, think about Mary and then convert. No, she wants people to come to the site to be converted and come to the faith. And what, what's going to be there? A church with priests who are celebrating Mass and giving confessions. So... I think what Mary's trying to tell us in this is that she wants to bring people in the faith according to the way it should be, with the church and the chapel and priests and everything. She doesn't want this to be like something separate. All right, 
Repent and change your ways. Okay, this was not as fun as the first two. Um, so, uh, I think uh, you know, Mary, she comes and she tells people very seriously, like, hey, um, there are these things, bad things that will happen if you don't change your ways, right? She's, uh, I, I took this quote in the middle. This is the most metal quote I could find from all of it which says, Woe to the priests and those dedicated to God, who by their infidelity and their wicked lives are crucifying my son again. I know. Yikes. So, um, so she basically is saying, hey, you need to change your ways or there will be bad things that happen. Right? But there's also a lot of hope in this, where she'll describe like these prophecies of events that are going to come if we don't change our ways. But also she says, hey, but if you do change your ways, it doesn't have to be like that. She says, I'm trying to help you so that it, bad things don't happen to you. She wants us to change, right? So she is giving us the hard truth, but she is hoping that it changes our hearts and that we do repent and change our ways. Pray for the conversion of sinners. Okay, this is probably the most common message in all of them. Um, and uh, when I first saw this, uh, I, don't, I don't know how, how you guys feel about this, but for me, when I saw this, this kind of spoke to me like, I'm not really doing this, right? Um, maybe in your prayer life, you, um, you, you know, pray for people that you know that are struggling with sin or people that you know need help. Um, but I think Mary is saying something a little bit different here. Like, obviously, that's good. But... What she's saying is uh, not just to pray for sinners, but to give yourself up for sinners, to sacrifice yourself. Um, but she also very specifically in one of the apparitions says many souls are lost because there's no one to pray for them. So she's not necessarily talking about like the person you know that is struggling with sin that you pray for. She's talking about people who have no, who don't know anyone in the saints, who don't know the faith at all. So we should be praying for people, you know, sinners who, who don't even know God, like praying for all sinners who, who need help, who need people to pray for them, right? Okay, you will suffer. Another bit of a bummer one. Um, I like this quote from Our Lady of Lords. I do not promise to make you happy in this world, but in the next. Uh, Mary often asks the visionaries, like she'll ask them, hey, do you want to sacrifice yourself? For God, do you want to suffer on behalf of others um, to help bring them to the kingdom, right? And so she's saying, hey, you, you will suffer, um, but there's a point behind it. There's a purpose. I think she's trying to tell us something really important about the purpose of suffering in our faith. Um, there's one quote I really like. Um, I, I don't remember which apparition it was. She says, um, you will suffer greatly, but don't worry. Because the more you suffer, the closer I will draw you to me and my son. Right? She's, so she always reminds us that the, the more that we endure for her and for God, the, the closer that we, we get. Right? Okay. Our mother will help us. She always says, I will help you. Um, I really like this one because when you're reading through all the 26 million apparitions, like, again, she's saying, hey, you will suffer. There will be things that will happen if you don't change ways, but she always says, but don't worry. If you, if you ask me, I will help you. And um, 
like the visionaries, they don't they don't always nail it, right? Um, there's so many times the visionaries will like go and do something and they'll like mess up. They don't do it right, right? Like in Saint Juan Diego, he went to the bishop and the bishop was like, mm, no, and he had to go back to Mary and he was so ashamed, right? And then what she said, I will help you. I'm gonna give you a miraculous sign to help you. Like she's not just like, no, don't worry, I'm gonna like hold your hand. She's like, I'm about to do something, right? And then also there's visionaries who just straight up ignore Mary. Like there's a few instances where the visionaries, like Mary says, I want you to do this. And they're just like, I didn't ask for this, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do it. Someone else will do it. And she'll appear to them again and be like, uh, excuse me, I told you, let's do it. But even then, she says, but don't be afraid. I will help you. Okay, pray the rosary daily. So I think this is this is like the most like specific one of all of them, I think. Like she says pray the rosary, but there's so many times where she says specifically to pray the rosary daily. Okay? Um, honestly, I don't know what to say about this. It's so straightforward. It's just, hey, pray the rosary daily. And then uh, the last one is reinstitute the first Saturday's devotion. So if you don't know what the first Saturday's devotion is, it is a devotion for the reparation of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Maybe you've heard of some devotions for the reparation to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, right? This is similar devotion for Mary. And the idea behind it is that five months on the first Saturdays, so five first Saturdays in a row, you go to Mass, take the Eucharist, go to confession, pray the rosary, and meditate 15 minutes on the rosary. Um, in, specifically in reparation for the Immaculate Heart. Now, if you want to do this, uh, people at CTK already do this. Uh, if you go to the morning mass on Saturdays, you just show up, go to confession, and go back to the cathedral after, people will be praying the rosary and then meditate after. Like, it's, so if you want to do this, all you have to do is just show up to the Saturday daily mass and, and then just literally pray whatever everyone else prays. Okay. So, uh, at the end of this, you might be saying, okay, cool, uh, I got the messages, but like, what do I do now? What I would encourage everyone to do is, um, I would encourage you, if, if you haven't ever looked into Marian apparitions, uh, to look into one or two, uh, you don't have to look into all 26 like I did, but you want to, you know. <laughs> and uh, and I, I guarantee you, you'll find, uh, oh, also, uh, these are all on the table, so you don't have to like memorize these or anything. Um, so, if you uh, if you, I would encourage everyone to do research into Marian apparitions. Again, Mary says, "Hey, I'm I'm talking to all of you." So, uh, and there's a lot of context in those uh, apparitions that I'm I'm not able to show here, right? Um, that you can see exactly what's being said. So. Uh, if you want to do research, I have the resources here of the websites I used to do this and a book I used to do this presentation and a podcast that I think is really good that has a few episodes on Marian apparitions. I, this podcast here, Our Lady of Cabello, was actually what got me started on this, how I got here, right? Um, and uh, if, uh, and then after that, you go, okay, I'll do some research, whatever. I also encourage you to implement some of the messages in your life. Maybe it's pray for sinners. Like maybe you have your normal prayer routine and you say, 
I'm going to say an extra prayer and offer it up for sinners that don't have anyone to pray for them. And it could be something as simple as that. Um, or pray the rosary daily. Like that one is so straightforward and so simple, right? Uh, or the first Saturday's devotion. It's just once a month, you know? It's like these things that are just easy to just add on to what we're already doing, right? What time is this Saturday? Um, it's 8 10. I'm getting a call. 8 10. <laughs> uh, I don't know. She said 8 10. Mass is at 8 10. But it's not, a special, it's not a special mass. Like any mass on Saturday. You can even go to the vigil mass and it counts. And then you don't have to go on Saturday. <laughs> so, but if you, want the one, if you want the one where everyone's praying, it's the morning mass. The morning Saturday mass. Um, okay. Uh, and uh, that's all I have. And so we have some discussion questions on all the tables. I'll give you guys discussion questions. Um, and I just want to remind everyone, I'll put them up here too. I just want to remind everyone, again, these are private revelations. And so if you're still sitting here and you're like, I don't believe it, okay, that's okay. You're allowed to not believe in Mary apparitions, it's okay. And so I just want to encourage that in the discussion. If people don't believe in them, it's it, like, Let's just have a good discussion about it, okay? All right, and then uh, I'll just be walking around, so if you have questions for me, or if you want to know more about Mary Christians, next time you see me or tonight, just come talk to me, but just beware. I love talking about it, so you might be biting off a little more than you want. Uh, and that's it. All right, thanks, guys.